Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, February 3rd, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph on page 87, which begins with, we usually conclude and ends with, if others will be helped. Today's readers are Tamara C., Stacey J., Du L., Russ M., and Lisa B. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, February 2nd, 2020's special edition meeting is 14,058. That's 14058. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. It's Tamara C. in Charleston, South Carolina, compulsive overeater. Uh, The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step 1, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step 2, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step 3, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. 4, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service and have a great meeting. Thanks so much, Tamara C. I will now ask Stacy J. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Stacy J., a recovered food addict from Toronto. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Stacey J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 87. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with, we usually conclude and ends with, if others will be helped. I will now ask Du L to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. 
Um, we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all throughout the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. Uh, again, sorry. Uh, again, this is Duel, Recovered Compulsive Reader from New York. I love this. Step 11 is about prayer and meditation. And right now we've gone through um, about two pages um, with prayer and meditation. And every single time the big book gives you what the meditation is, what the prayer is, and then it gives you examples. So we've gone through, let's see, one, two, three prayers already. And we've gone through three types of meditation. Now they're getting into the fourth paragraph, which is going to talk about another prayer and another meditation. It's going to give you examples of that, right? So first of all, what is a prayer? Let's look at the definition for that because we need to know when the prayer is coming in, right? So in the, the dictionary, it says that a prayer is to say or write something to someone as a way of gaining information, to request an answer to a question, to tell someone in a form of a question that you want to be given something or that, some, uh, or that you want something to happen, to request something, to invite someone to go somewhere or do something. That's a prayer. So what we're doing is we're asking direction to our higher power, um, and then we're gonna do in our meditation when we're faced with in decisions or we're planning our day and we're meditating and pondering about how that should go, we're gonna listen for the answer. So here's the answer. Here, the big book doesn't leave us to guess, guessing work, right? It's gonna give us the answer. It tells us specifically, when in prayer, right, throughout the day, you'll be given whatever the direction is to take care of such problems. If I'm listening closely to my higher power, that higher power should give me the direction that I should be taking throughout the day. And it's sometimes going to come like a hunch. Other times as time passes along, it will become experiential. But here's, here's the thing. When I go into the prayer, it says to be especially divorced or especially for freedom of self-will and to be careful not to request for for anything for ourselves. Why is that? Because when I'm in self-will and I'm in self-will run riot and I'm thinking it's all about me, it's all about what I can get out of life, it's all about, I put myself in a precarious situation. Instead of saying, when asking for ourselves, we should be helpful to others. Helpful, that's the key. If I'm not being helpful to others, maybe I'm not in God's will. <laughs> um, so it says, we careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. So it's not about asking for fun, uh, money, for fame, uh, or for relationships um, that would benefit me only. It's to benefit others. Because if I do that, then I steal the time 
that is precious to being in God's will, which is helping others versus helping myself and being self will run right. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Stu. I'm sorry, I said that the um, paragraph ended before it really ended. I apologize. I was looking at my highlighting instead of the actual full paragraph. Anyway, who wants to share on this uh, first paragraph on page 87? Katie G. from Boston. This is Larry K. And Charles H. and Larry K. Amy G. Melissa P. Wait one sec. Larry K. Was it Amy G.? Yes. And Melissa? Yes. Okay, great. Proceed. Thanks for pausing there for me. Was there anyone else? Rick J. Rick J. Okay. We've got Katie G., Charles H., Larry K., Amy G., Melissa, I think is it H., and Rick J. Did I hear someone else? Okay. KDG, go right ahead. Sorry, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. KDG, recovered in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I remember ever since I was a little girl, like, getting on my knees and praying to God like God with Mary Poppins. I really had an experience, like, saying to God, if you really exist, I need you to get me out of this house, away from these people, in some other house doing something else, if you really exist. And um, I have to be honest, it's been really hard to overcome that Mary Poppins God, that I can't just be like, okay, God, this is what I need. But because I've done the inventory, right, so as our previous speaker said, like, I'm on step 11. So I've gone through 10 other steps that are teaching me death of self for successful living. This isn't self-care. This isn't self-help. This isn't self-love. This is be free of the bondage of self. And it says, We've wasted time begging God. You can easily see why. Why? Because when I first did my inventory and when I do my inventory now, I see over and over again my track record. I don't know what's best for me. I don't. I have no idea. Page 100, we find the things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands are better than anything we could have planned. And I just was thinking how vibrant and alive my prayer life is now um, because of all the prayers that have been um, taught to me up to this point. So in the morning, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for the people that I resent. I'm praying for all of you. And I'm praying for myself that God divorce me from resentment and fear so that I can be useful, that I can be useful. And, and um, you know, I don't have to plan it out anymore. God, please show me. Where would you have me go today? What would you have me do today? What would you have me say and to whom? You know, it's really... um. It's so amazing, and the fact that I wake up in the morning and I want to pray for others, that I have sisters and brothers that are walking through life, and I can say, God, you know, please be with so-and-so today. Help them, and and I genuinely feel it. You know, before I was recovered, I would pray for you if you bear, bear help to me, right? Like, you know, um, my quote-unquote people-pleasing, a.k.a. manipulation, let me give you what I want so you give me what I want, That's that's who I was. But I've had a profound shift in thinking, in action, that I go to God now, and I'm like, God, take care of this person. And I actually 
I actually feel that, and you all come on my heart. I pray for my sponsor. I pray for the women I work with so that so that they may get this gift as well. And um, if that's not my heart being like the Grinch growing a thousand times, I don't know what is. Um, you know, and a lot of my prayer life was acting as if for a very long time, and I'm sorry if that makes your skin crawl, but now today, you know, my, my prayers just keep growing and growing because of what the big book teaches me. I'm grateful to be here and with all of you with Adikas. Thanks, Katie G. Charles H. Thank you, um, Rebecca. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. I definitely, I definitely pray for people. You know, last <laughs> I pray for people. Um, that's definitely new. Um, there's so many times that these page 86 to 88 say pray, well, especially 87 and 86. Um, you know, I pray that people are not afraid to share. I pray that we can we can preach less and teach less. Just share our experience, strength, and hope. I pray for, you know, last week was interesting. I heard a lot of teachers say that, you know, I have a hard time meditating. Maybe it's, maybe because you don't shut up enough. <laughs> you know, I pray for quietness, right? I pray for some of the other hundreds of people that are so scared to share because they feel so insignificant because they feel like they have nothing to say because they hear the same people over and over. I pray for balance. I pray for I pray for more boundaries. I pray to speak the truth without saying sorry. I pray to make amends without being sorry. Uh, you know, this morning Rebecca said she made a mistake. Great, you're human. I pray for you. You know, and I, and I hope you pray for me as well. We are human beings. If I was so good, what the hell would I be here doing here? It ain't because I just wanna. It ain't because I just wanna serve. Cause the cause there's no hierarchy. In, in Overeaters Anonymous, everybody is equal. It's an open book test, and I pray that for 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 the people that's on the line sitting in the sitting on the benches, I pray for the Chiefs to win, the underdogs. I pray for y'all. Y'all are valid. Y'all been listening so long. I pray that you press star one and 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 speak because I need to hear what y'all got to say. Y'all be saying some powerful stuff. Y'all be thinking it, but I would love to hear from y'all. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Charles H. Larry K. Hi, Rebecca. <clears throat> Thank you for your service. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on what Charles had to say there too. Um, you know, here's my experience. This is a big newsflash. I I have not found that God inspires my thinking at all times. I I pray for more of that. You know, I'm I'm really attracted to humility. This recovery, I I can't tell you how it's expressed. I I hear there's a woman on the line. I don't know where she heard it. Maybe it came to her, but she 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 talks about how there's no self-anointed ones. I love when she when I first heard her say that. There's there's no special ones here. There's no special class, you know. Um, and and I I don't think that God inspires big shotism, you know. There, like as Charles said, there's no hierarchy here. There's no know-it-all class here. There's just a bunch of folks like me whose selfishness got the best of them and they got to these rooms on a losing streak. Find someone that got here on a winning streak. Show them to me. You won't find them. God certainly inspires you know, us to carry this message, but there's no elders here. There's no favored or special class, just a bunch of unfortunate sots, as they say in, in AA who were granted mercy and grace, right? 
we are all equal in the eyes of our creator. At least that's the creator of my understanding. We are all equal. And if you get a sense in someone's demeanor, if you get a sense in someone's demeanor that they have somehow been granted special authority, divine from God, if, that, if, that, if that's the sense you get, ask yourself if that squares with your understanding of God's love, equal love for us all. We're all equal in God's eyes. So God inspires me the most over time when I'm attracted to one's humility. And you know what it is? I'm, I'm attracted to the recovery of people who have every worldly reason not to be humble. And you know what? They're humble anyway. They don't have to be brutally honest to tear someone down. Rather, they build bridges and build people up. You know, let's not get mixed up on, on uh, tough love. Brutal honesty can be hurtful. And people, you know, the problem with it is people can leave and die in this disease. Is that, is that, a, is that a too extreme? I've seen people die. They leave. They don't identify in. They get torn down. They leave and they die. Thank God we haven't yet. Thank God we're on this road to recovery. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Larry Kay. Amy G. Can you hear me? I hear you, Amy. Oh, okay, sorry. Thank you. I was unmuting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for a wonderful meeting. You know, there's a couple places in the book. I know 62 is one of them. Uh, It says selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. It also says uh, selfishness, self-centeredness, we have to get rid of it or it kills us. I didn't have time to find out what page. I can't remember. But it's very clear to me or became very clear to me by the time I got to step 11 that that selfishness, that it's always been all about me and driven by those forms of selfishness, self-centeredness, and self-fear, and all of that was the springboard for my disease of compulsive belief. So here we are, step 12, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious, excuse me, step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. That's what they're talking about in this paragraph. How am I going to stay connected to that power source that I need to stay sober, sane, and abstinent? I have to do something. I have to have some sort of action. And for me, that's prayer and meditation. That's what they're describing here. Because all I do all day long is think about me, given my own, given my own MO. So what do I do? I learn how to pray and meditate. And meditation is my communication to get to know this higher power, is me listening for what my higher power's will for, for me today is, to be relieved of the bondage of self. Repetition is the father of learning. I have to take action. You know, it's amazing to me how I may never forget to pray during the day, but I can often forget to meditate. Amy? is being said or to what I think uh, the answers to my question are and then to be able to say, God, relieve me the bondage self. Let me go out there today and do your will. My concluding prayer. That's what this paragraph is talking about. And that doesn't come easy to me. I have to do it over and over again to remember it's about me transforming a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. How incredible to be transformed 
and that now I search to be other-centered and God-centered instead of self-centered because I know where self-centeredness gets me. Pain, misery, suffering, relapse, compulsive overeating. But being other-centered and trying to do God's will brings me freedom from this mental obsession of myself, basically. And it says here we may ask of ourselves, however, if others may be helped. You know, if I'm having surgery, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God to relieve me of the bondage of fear of what that surgery is going to be like or the pain that I may be going through. There's nothing wrong with that because it says we can easily see why. At this point, I know the difference between selfish prayers and prayers that are going to serve me and my community and my family and the world around me and allow me to do God's will. It's pretty clear. But always, it's always looking to be what God's will for me is. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy G. Melissa C. I said eight, but I'm pretty sure it's C, right? Hi, this is Melissa P. from Buffalo. Oh, it's a different Melissa. I beg your pardon. Good morning, Melissa P. Yeah, that's okay. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo. Man, I woke up grateful today that I could do some Super Bowlness and look at a game instead of looking at the food or the alcohol on the table. And just to wake up not in a food coma is an amazing feeling. Um, you know, and so I get in my book today and I get in my writing this morning, and we're talking about prayer and meditation. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm evolving to is that my disease, my ego is still rampant in my head. You know, I'm such a metaphor person and a vision person that I I see myself at a past weight surrounded by food and alcohol sitting on a couch kind of, you know, my ego is commanding, commanding to God, commanding to others, hostage situation, this is what I want, this is how I'm going to get it, like a hurricane, this is what needs to happen now, you know, and I just command from this couch and how how different it is when I can pray and meditate on the next right thing that God would have me do. But for me, it's also been what God would have me be. You know, and the higher I got in the steps and every day when I'm living differently, the lower I get, the deeper I get in a good way into my heart. You know, because that's 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 the difference, is that I'm not firing off immediately from my brain. It's not perfect. It's something I work at and I make mistakes every day. As someone else said, I'm human showing up in this world. Um, but my disease is still in my brain. But when I can interact with others, starting right in my prayers, that I'm operating from a heart center, that's where God is. That's where I show up as God, is in my heart. You know, and to age myself, I think about the Care Bears and that little light that they shine from their tummy. That's really what I feel, Um, and it it makes me chuckle a little bit, but it is. It's light, and it's love, and it's coming from my heart, whether I'm praying for others, regardless of where I'm at, doing for others, regardless. You know, my sponsor taught me that there's enough in God's economy for all of us, that I don't need to be first in line to the food, I don't need to be first in line to the fame. I don't need to be first in line to share. I don't need to be first in line anywhere because God's got a spot for me. 
you know, and I have to trust that. And when I'm thinking of you and I'm thinking of others and I'm doing things even as uncomfortable as it might be sometimes, I'm breaking that old habit and that stairway to the ego, those steps break away and I'm operating from a love that's in my heart that I never felt before. Um, And I'm just so grateful for that. And I just trust that when I'm not thinking about me, and I'm thinking about others, things are going to be okay. So thank you so much for letting me share with that, okay? Thank you, Melissa P. Rick T., before you go, I'm just going to let the people who got on the line late know we're on the first paragraph on page 87. We usually conclude. Rick J., go right ahead. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Rick J. from Cary, North Carolina. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm very grateful to be here this morning and um, abstinent and um, just contemplating a little bit on on this paragraph. I love the shares. I um, was also thinking a little bit what uh, Amy was saying going back to page uh, 60 through 62. And I love that, uh, you know, when it talks about selfishness self-centeredness is an exclamation mark you know it's like yes selfishness self-centeredness um yeah that is uh the root of our troubles um i am driven by a hundred forms of fear self-delusion self-seeking self-pity you know and i do step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate when i'm in that um selfish self-centered mode um you know and i am uh, an extreme example of self-will run riot unless I'm realigning my will with that of my higher power. And I have to do this continuously. And I think of my self-will, you know, as a massive bulldozer, you know, just black smoke belching, massive, huge steel blade, you know, just roaring, and then that blade drops down. I don't really need a, a, you know, any way to steer it because I'm just, I'm just going to go straight ahead with that big blade drop down, and I'm just going to like blow things away, you know, right in front of me. I'm going to mow them down, flatten them, and that's how my brain works. I don't, you know, I don't know any other way except for what I'm learning right now. That's my default mode, and I can do that continuously throughout the day. And I'm glad that I can you know, have the directions here to, yeah, I'm going to pray for the direction through the day. And when I get tripped up, it's got a little way for me to, to bring myself back to God through uh, pausing. So just glad to be here and with everybody. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thanks, Rick Jay. The line's open if anybody else wants to share on the top of 87. Harlan G. Oh, before okay, Harlan I got, but I think there were two. Chris F. Harlan. Christina J. Joe. Joe M. Christina J. Wait one second. Charlene J. And Joe something. What was it? M. M. Okay, and who just spoke after Joe? Darlene H. Oh, Darlene, right? H. Okay. Uh, So here's who I think I heard: a Christina. Chris F., I'm assuming that's two different people, Harlan G., Joe M., and Darlene H. Did I miss someone who tried to get in there? 
Okay, it's a little out of order, but that's the order I'm going to go with. Christina, and give us the first initial of your last name. Hi there. Thank you for your service. Christina J. in the state of Washington here. And, uh, yeah, so I'm almost two weeks back from a debacle, and what am I learning this time about this chapter, this paragraph? Even though I'm not here yet with my... You know, I'm starting at the beginning again, but I still do my prayer and meditation because I learned about that quite thoroughly the last time I went through. And um, what I'm learning now is what my sponsor and I talked about last night, which is we can we can get on the line and talk about all this stuff, and we can pray in the morning and do all our stuff, but we got to take it into the day. You know, as soon as I a lot of times as soon as I do this stuff, and <clears throat> I'm off to work, I'm beginning to have that built-in forgetter happen. I'm slipping back into self, so I've got to take this with me throughout the day. So my prayer is, God, please help me to be kind to my boss when he's nasty to me. and Let me not take it personal. Please help me to stay humble. If I get into trouble with, I, I'm confused about something he's given me to do, let me bow my head, because I can't drop to my knees. I had a total knee surgery and my other knee is... My other knee is beat up, so what can I do? I can bow my head. I can bow my head anywhere and just kind of humbly go inside into my heart space and connect with that great power inside that is still there for me, always there for me, and ask, how can I take care of this task one moment at a time? I'm very impulsive, compulsive. I go into fear a lot. Oh, I don't know how to handle this. I've got to prove that I'm perfect, all that kind of crap that's chased me all my life. I don't have to do that today. Today, what is my prayer? How can I be of service to others around me <clears throat> so I don't slip into self-will? Um, and this is how I can help people, by staying out of self, being useful, being not taking things personal, not judging people. Um, I've wasted a lot of time just slipping into self and running by the seat of my pants with my old habit patterns and my my junk that I carried throughout my whole life that served me at a certain point but doesn't serve me anymore. You know, my second husband that died of cancer, God bless him, um, he was half American Indian, and he had strong American Indian prayers that he did every morning. And I started doing it with him, you know, and um, a lot of times I didn't feel anything. I came from a Pentecostal background where we jump and shout and we're getting all emotional, and, and I loved it, but a lot of times it was quiet, and I didn't feel anything. Just like today, I get up, sometimes I don't feel anything. And he used to say to me, it doesn't matter if you feel anything or not. Just do it every day. Just do it every day, and it'll work miracles in your life slowly but surely. So that's what I go on today. I don't feel it a lot of times. When I don't feel the meditation strong, I immediately get out my books and start taking my mind into, and I'm going to finish up, taking my mind into places where these readings take me, beautiful places of honesty and truth. So anyway, um, thank you for letting me share. I'm so grateful to be back on the train with you all, and I love you. Bye-bye. Love you too, Christina J. Thanks for sharing. Chris S. Hi, everybody. I'm Chris S. I'm an anorexic. Um, Can you hear me okay? Sorry, I muted. I, I did. You I can hear me. I thought it was okay. S as in Frank, but it's S as in Sam, correct? Yeah. Thank you. Thank oh, you. So page 87, which is the paragraph we usually, or? Um, yes, we usually conclude. Yep. Okay, great. Thank you. I'm Chris S. Anorexic. Um, 
we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. I do that. I do that on my knees. We ask especially for freedom from self-will. I get that especially because that's like the real killer. I, so I do ask for that uh, and that others will be helped. That's where I stop and I pick some people and I pray for others. Um, so I've been uh, kind of ran into a friend that joined you guys on the big conference in Newark and uh, she was telling me how she's reading pages 80, whatever, 85 to 88 every day. And I started doing that. And um, and then she told me about these phone meetings. So I've been listening in and it's really helpful, really, really helpful to do these actions. And so I just kind of read now page 84. I bring it back to the step 10 because I'm trying to do a step 10 every night. So I read 84 to the first two paragraphs of 89 that seems to be so important on a daily basis to remember that, you know, to help others. But I have, this is challenging. I mean, this is really hard because I, um, I would, where it says, you know, we need to like uh, resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help after we've seen that there's one of these things has popped up and then we uh, have to, you know, discuss it with someone. I would have to be making calls like every four or five minutes during my day at work and I can't do it. Some days I feel like work is so crazy. I can't really step away at all. And it's in the morning or in the evenings that I have to uh, try and then catch up. And that's, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out the balance on that, but I can certainly pause and um, at least say a prayer and ask God to help me in that moment. And it's interesting what's coming up too, because uh, I, have some resentments against uh, the person I live with, a roommate. And I'm realizing that a lot of it, and as I discuss this with other people too, because I get that discussing this with other people, can't figure this out on my own. But it's my job then to start bringing things up kindly in a loving atmosphere that are bugging me. You know, and I'm the last one who wants to do that. I want to run the other way. So the whole people-pleasing thing, you know. But if I don't, then I end up being a total me because I'm, you know, acting out on my resentment. So it's interesting that like, as I think through and I write things, things out and I pray, you know, I get help from another person, there's actually quite a bit of action to be done on my part in the sense of like standing behind myself and, and starting to speak about the things that are, you know, causing me issue in a loving, kind way after I have run it by other people who help me figure out whether what my thinking is on or off. So I'm getting a lot of help. I, I, I popped on the line because of Charles' share today. I must say, I do love it too when you, you know, there's no preaching going on, just people sharing their own experience, strength, and hope, and what's going on with them as they work this stuff. Because we do need to, I need to hear that. How, how are you working it? How is it, what's the, how is it difficult for you kind of thing? Right. So thanks, thanks, Charles, for that. And um, I will pass. Thank you, Chris S. Harlan G. Thank you very much, Rebecca. I'm uh, thank, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's take a look at this paragraph as pure Oxford group. And let's take a look at this paragraph as taking into consideration that the biggest difference between a person who has had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps and someone who is working toward that or not working toward that is this feeling in the heart of a recovered person 
that they and their needs will be taken care of. Now, that is a process. That is not a destination. I do not wake up every morning and say, wow, I know I'm going to be taken care of. I have to work toward that. But if we could sneak a peek back to page 13, and on 13, Bill Wilson is in the town's hospital, and he is working the steps with God and Ebby. And what we find on page 13 is, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he, capitalized, would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. When we can become spiritual people, and again, that is a journey. That is not a destination. So if you're not there yet, just keep working at it. None of us are there. We have to keep working at it. What we get a sense of is the feeling that our higher powers are within us and that everything is going to be okay. It may not be what I want it to be. Yes, I want that car. I want that house. I want that whatever. I want this person to do this and that person to do that. Yes, I have that too. There's no question that I do. But those moments are fleeting and they are overwhelmed by a feeling that if God wanted those things in my life, they would be there. And oftentimes, what I get an overwhelming sense of is, I have more work yet to do. I have more work yet to do. And concentrating back on page 87, on the paragraph that we're reading today, it says here, A prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, comma. That means I'm working steps all day long. I don't stop working steps once I start work. I don't stop working steps once I start eating lunch. I'm working steps all throughout the day. This is a process. It is not a destination. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Rebecca, for this magnificent meeting. Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Joe M. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for your leadership and for the shares I've heard. I'm very inspired. I have been involved in this wonderful organization for just about a month, and I have not missed more than a couple calls because of faulty phone issues. But I... I'm so grateful for this paragraph this morning and just two things I want to point out that have touched me that might be helpful is that when we meditate and pray over what we should do, it reflects humility in ourselves that we can't do it alone and relying on our higher power to lead us and guide us, especially as we look to overcome the temptations that come. I am a recovering overeater that uh, can't do it myself. And so being guided by my higher power thus far has been a great blessing. I've seen miracles. I've seen, for example, yesterday someone mentioned the Super Bowl. I normally would have engorged myself in things that were not good for me. And yesterday I prayed for God's help to eat 
less and eat well. And it came to pass. The latter part of this paragraph is so incredible in that we do not focus on ourselves. This big book is telling us to focus on others. And the paradox is that when we think less of ourselves, as we seek to control the appetites that are natural among us that are overeaters, when we gain control of that, we are in a position to help others. I'm so impressed on these calls, and I love what was said this morning, that we we are not perfect. None of us is. And yet, as we dominate our passions, we can be a light to others. And that's what this organization has done for me, and I want to express my gratitude for everyone who shares, and even those on these calls, multitudinous people don't share, but are here in spirit because they want to get better. They want to be in a position to help others. And I am so grateful that I can choose, that I have the ability to not pick up that trigger food. My sponsor this last week gave me a quote, of course, you're all aware of, put down the food. And this week I looked in the mirror and late in the week and just endorsed myself that I have been putting down the food. And so as I close, I thank all of you again for the immense impact you're having on my life. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Joanne. Darlene H. Good morning, everyone. This is Darlene H. Recovered in Columbus, Georgia. Thank you so much for your service and this wonderful meeting. Um, when my sponsor went through this paragraph with me, she showed me the prayer directive that um, we'd be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. And then what our daily challenge was is that we ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. You know, every day I get up and I, I do this um, prayer. And uh, when I finish my prayer meditation time in the morning, I fair, uh, excuse me, I finish with the Thomas Martin prayer, which is humbling for me because, you know, it talks about how I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea if I'm doing this right, but I'm doing it and uh, I do it every day. And a couple of things that have happened this past weekend. Uh, one of the things is I'm in the mother program as well, and I met with two protégés on Saturday to go through the steps again, and I got there thinking that we were going to be focused on the other program when we actually ended up talking all about the food issues that they, they have because I freely share mine. You know, when I prayed, you know, to not for my own selfish ends, but how I can be helpful to others, that's what God opened up for me. And the other was a, a real estate situation. I'm in the in the process of attempting to purchase a home, and and it came down to two homes over the weekend. And I honestly had no idea which is the right one. I know um, what I fall in love with and what's the right thing. And I had some fear. I did a tenth step, and I love what Harlan said. Like after I did my work, and I said, "Okay, God, this is yours," uh, you know. I know without a shadow of a doubt that I will be taken care of. And I, I said to my realtor yesterday, I said, I can't wait to see how this turns out. And I didn't have to worry about it anymore, and I haven't. And however it turns out, um, it'll be beautiful. 
but it's not me because I don't have a clue what is the right thing. Finally, yesterday I was speaking with a sponsee and I had kind of an awakening for me, a realization that when I grew up with the God of my understanding, I always thought of that God, what could that God do for me? How come it's not meeting my demands? How come it's not taking care of me? Blah, blah, blah. I never understood that my job is to be of service to my God. And through doing that, I have such incredible peace, serenity, and happiness. And I had no idea, absolutely no idea. You would think, I would think in my diseased mind, oh, you know, I, what I want doesn't matter. You know, that, that, would, that would be a terrible way to live, but it's not. It's such a beautiful way to live, and I'm so grateful. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Darlene. We have time for a couple more shares on page 87. We usually conclude. Anyone want to take them? Margaret Mary Beth S. Okay, I got two people, Margaret and Mary Beth. Rosie? um, um, it's, we just have time for the two, so I'll go with the two of you. Margaret, go right ahead. Um, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for all your service. It's been an awesome meeting. Um, my name is Margaret Key, and I'm very, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater, recovered through God's grace and mercy. Um, for me, this particular passage has changed 100%. And it was an intuitive thought that brought me to that um, place. And it was very simple. And it was only as I was asking God for these things, you know, that my thinking be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. The intuitive thought came, thank you, God. And then I asked for the next thing as the prayer dictates. And, um, you know, that my thinking be divorced from self-pity. And it was like, and thank you, God. Thank you for that. That's pretty awesome. And with those two simple words, thank you, the connection with my higher power became so much stronger. Um, And I realized it was very much the same as if you ask a small child to pass you a salt shaker or, you know, a fork or a spoon or whatever at the dining room table. You say, would you please pass that? And then you go and thank you. And the child, it just seems like such a logical order. So I don't worry. I don't get stressed out about 99% of the stuff that I that used to stress me out with the big book because the simple act of just saying thank you acknowledges to me who's doing the work. And that's why I thank God. And then if God's doing the work, I mean, I'm home free. So with that, I pass. And I hope everybody has an awesome day today. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret D. We're going to have time for another person after Mary Beth, and I didn't catch the name of the person who spoke up after Mary Beth. Do you still want to share? Miriam J. Miriam J. Great. Thank you. Okay, Mary Beth, go ahead. Thank you so much. This is Mary Beth S. is in Sam from South Bend, Indiana. And this has been, uh, yes, I'm echoing uh, an awesome meeting. You know, I have struggled with this passage. 
And uh, what Du said was just exactly what I needed to hear. It's like, oh, right. Everything we've been doing uh, has led us to this passage. And, you know, and um, my nephew, uh, who struggled with another, in a, with another uh, addiction, his mom found him um, gray and slumped over the side of his bed yesterday morning. And um, um, I got a call saying, you know, this is what's happened. And in the past, you guys, I would have been all in the business. But uh, it has never come to good end because it was all about me. And yesterday, Goddess came over me and through me, and she was very clear with me. And she said, Mary Beth, your, your abstinence and your serenity requires you to stay far away from this situation and pray um, just, and pray for them. Well, I got home last night as my husband was going to Al-Anon and he said, you're not going to believe this. Um, that my sister, who's the mom of this guy, is going to an Al-Anon meeting with me. You guys, that's a freaking miracle. <laughs> Let me tell you. And I'm just so grateful that today... I can feel the discomfort of not getting all in there and fixing it. I, I can truly be in the discomfort and pray for them anyway. So this is a perfect, perfect meeting, perfect paragraph to be on. And Larry, I'm really excited to be in your retreat coming up. So um, I love everybody. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Mary Beth S. Miriam J., we have about two minutes if you'd like to take them. This is Miriam J. from Massachusetts. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you, Miriam J. Sorry, I muted. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you so much for everyone who has made this a fabulous meeting this morning. Um, <laughs> I guess what I want to say is that uh, this last time that I've worked the steps through the big book with a sponsor, um, I really, I really, really learned that uh, the core of my illness is self-centeredness, uh, selfishness, all about self and ego. And that's made a huge difference in my prayer and meditation time. But having said that, and um, I, I guess I want to share that 10, 11, and 12 uh, are a little overwhelming to me because there are lots of instructions, lots of prayers, uh, lots of things to do on a daily basis, and I get a little overwhelmed with that. I can't always remember. I sometimes forget. Um, my life gets a little busy, all of that. But what I know today is that my intention is to live in the solution and that I do my best to do 10, 11, and 12 um, daily. And so when we read this today, I thought, okay, well, my meditation isn't what it used to be, but my prayer life is okay, and, you know, and I am serving others. So, you know, 
I, I really want to thank Charles for, for inviting those of us that don't often share to share our experience, strength, and hope. Because through this meeting, I have so much hope that I, too, can learn to do this to the place where I can call myself recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Miriam J. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. Wait a minute. Do I have a share ID? Yes, I do. Uh, the share ID number for this meeting, Monday, February 3rd, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 14,059. That's 14059. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page Oh, I left something out. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Russ M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thanks, Rebecca. Russ M. Recover Compulsive Reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.